1 Corinthians chapter 2, we're going to be looking at verse number 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse number 10. This is for the series. After that, we'll get into our teaching today. When you get there, say amen. It's all shown on the screen, okay? 1 Corinthians 2.10. Let's read it. But God has revealed them unto us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. So God has already revealed them unto us. Say, God has revealed them unto us by his Spirit. Right, now let's go to our teaching for today. Daniel chapter 9 and verse number 24. For time's sake, Daniel chapter 9 and verse number 24. From the book of Daniel chapter 9, verse number 24. When you get there, say amen. Uh, let's read together. Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people upon thy holy city, to finish the transgression, make an end of sin, make reconciliation for iniquity, and to bring in everlasting righteousness, and to seal up the vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. You may be seated. Heavenly Father, we give you all the praise now, all the glory. Thank you now for giving us the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the cross of Christ that gave us your precious blood, and it's because of your blood that we are sanctified. We are set apart. We are set apart by the Holy Spirit. And we give you all the praise and all the glory. Thank you for being our defense. And Lord, thank you also for being our divine protection. You're everything to us. We trust you. We believe you. And thank you for taking care of us. In the precious name and precious blood of our Lord Jesus, we pray and thank you. And all the grieve that prayer said, amen. amen. All right. Now, what we're going to do today is we're going to get right into the word. Amen. Our whole focus is on the word. Okay. So we are talking about the vision has been fulfilled. Say that with me. The vision, the vision. Has, been has been fulfilled. Right. Now, I'm going to go all the way back to the book of Genesis. The vision has been fulfilled. Amen. Say that with me. The vision, the vision. Has, been has been fulfilled. Amen. We, we read that out of 1 Corinthians chapter number 2, verse 10. But God, let's read that verse again. 1 Corinthians 2, 10. But God, 1 Corinthians 2, 10. We're going to wait till I take, get there. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10 told us, But God hath, past tense, Reveal them unto us by his spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 10. But God has, see past tense, has revealed, revealed is past tense, has revealed them unto us by his spirit, for the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. All right, but when he said God has revealed them unto us, he's talking about the vision. That's what he's talking about. Because in verse number 9, he says, and back up there, verse 9, I have not seen nor ear heard, Neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Amen. He's talking about the vision, the new covenant, the new testament. 
But God, see, has revealed them unto us by his spirit. Yea, the spirit searches all things. Yea, the deep things of God. And then we went to Daniel chapter 9, which was the vision. But we're going to go all the way back to Genesis, and we're going to pick the vision up. But before we do that, we're going to give you the vision. I'm going to see how many scholars I have in this place today. All right. Now I want you to put down two things. We're going to look at two things. We're going to write these down. Hebrew chapter number 10. We're going to do both of these out of the NLT. Hebrew chapter 10. And we're going to read that from verse 35 through 39. Hebrew chapter number 10, verse 35 through 39. And then we're going to go to Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. And I'm going to show you in the Word of God that Habakkuk prophesied and it was also spoken by the Apostle Paul. Now, something that Paul is going to say that Habakkuk didn't say. We're going to find out how many scholars are going to pick it up. Somebody say amen. amen. All right. Let's go to Hebrew first. Uh, let's go to Habakkuk first. Let, let's go to Habakkuk first. Now, we can do it while you're there. Hebrew chapter 10. Let's look at verse 35. Now, we're going to read this out of the King James, okay? Are you there? So do not throw away this confidence. Trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Now, we know when you get the rewards, you got to be talking to an old covenant because we don't have rewards. He's talking to the Hebrews. They had to be rewarded at the end for their service, at the end of that age that came from here over to grace. So he said, patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he had promised. So you know that's not talking to you. This is what it says. Then you will receive. Now we know God has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly place in Christ Jesus, right? So he can't be telling us then we're going to receive, right? Amen. So he, you understand the difference in the covenant? Yeah. They got theirs at the end of the age. We have gotten ours by grace. All right. So he said you will receive. You will. See the difference? You will receive all that God has promised. Then he says... For in, here's the verse. I'm going to see how many are going to get it. For in just a little while, the coming one will come. In just a little while, the coming one will come and not delay. In a little while, the coming one will come and not delay. Now, we're going to go to, all right, let's read verse 38 in the NLT. Then we're going to go read this same thing out of the King James Version, but we're going to read Habakkuk chapter 2. Now, I want you to tell me what you heard differently. I'm going to see how, how, how quick you catch up. And my righteous ones will live by faith, but I will take no pleasure in anyone who turns away. Now, let's go read the same thing in Hebrew chapter Habakkuk chapter 2. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. Something it just got through saying. 
I will stand up on my watch, Habakkuk says. I will set me up on my tower. I will watch to see what he will say to me and what I shall answer when I'm reproved. And the Lord answered me and said, write the vision. Make it plain upon tables that it may run that read it, that, that he may run that read it. Write the vision, make it plain upon table that he may run that read it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end, the vision shall speak. And the vision shall not lie. Though the vision tarry, wait for it. Because the vision will surely come. And the vision will not tarry. Question. What did you learn from those two verses? Let's see how much you heard. I'm going to go back and read it for you again. Hebrew 10, 37. Hebrew 10, 37. What I'm reading you the same thing out of Habakkuk that I'm reading you out of Hebrews. What are you hearing differently? Watch, watch this one more time. I noticed you hadn't heard it before probably, but let me hear it get again. For in just a little while, the coming one. Not you, brother. You there this morning. You can't talk. For in just a little while, the coming one will come. And not delay. Let's go right back. Let's go back and read that same thing. Out of Habakkuk, chapter 2, verse 3. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. At the end, the vision shall speak, and the vision shall not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because the vision will surely come. It will not tarry. What are you hearing? See, this is, this is what you have to know when you got a revelation. Amen. Tell me what you heard. Read both of those out of the King James. See, most of the time, when you hear the word, you got to be able to hear what it says. I'm teaching you on the revealed word. God, the new covenant is a revealed word. What am I saying to you? What does that mean? Watch the difference. Hebrew chapter number 10, verse 35. Hebrew 10.35, what you reading? I'm reading that 37. So he says, cast not away therefore your confidence in verse 35. In the King James Version, Hebrew 10.35, cast not away your confidence. It has great recompense of reward. Cast not away. Go to the next verse. For you have need of patience that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. For yet a little while... He that said, he that said he will come, will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. If any man draw back, his soul shall have no pleasure. He, Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 3. 
Oh, I'm so, go on, go on. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord? If that's what I spoke be reading, Habakkuk chapter number. You in Hebrew still. I'm on Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 3. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 3. The vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end, the vision shall speak. The vision shall not lie. Though the vision tarry, wait for it, because the vision will surely come. It would not tarry. What's the difference in what I'm reading in Hebrew than in what I'm reading in Habakkuk? No. What are you hearing? This is what I mean when you have to have the revelation. He's telling you who the vision is. I, if, you read, if you read it in the King James, go back, you, you right there in verse 30. Uh, yeah, the vision is yet for the point of time. The vision, he tells you it's the vision. The vision is going to come. The vision is going to speak. But when you read Hebrew chapter 10, verse 37, he not used the word vision. He's telling you who the vision is. See, if you can see this right here, boy, it's going to change your life. For yet another while, he that shall come will come. He didn't tell me that in Habakkuk. He said the vision will come. The vision will speak. The vision will, it's the vision, the vision. Then in Hebrew, he telling you who the vision is. So guess what people are waiting to come? They're waiting for the vision. Because that's who Christ is. He's the vision. Let's, let's do it again. Hebrew chapter 10, verse 37 in the NLT. See, you have to understand, Hebrews is giving you the revelation of Habakkuk. In just a little while, the coming one. Is that what people are waiting for, the Lord to come? So Paul says, in a little while, the coming one will come and will not delay. For in just a little while, the coming one will come, will not delay. And my righteous one, the people who will say, will live by faith. But I will take no pleasure in anyone who turns away. That's what Paul says to them. But Habakkuk didn't say the coming one. Habakkuk says, I will climb up on my watch, I will describe, that's okay, leave it there. I will climb up on my watch, and I'm going to describe... No, that's not what you just had. You just, you had the, 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 what I had, but then you switched it to another. Go back to the NLT, Habakkuk 2, 1. There it is, thank you. I will climb up on my watchtower and I will stand up my guard post. There I will wait to see what the Lord will say and how he would answer me, my complaints. Because he saw all this going on with his people. Then the Lord said to me, write the answer plainly. He just told you to write the answer. The vision is the answer. Write it on tablets so that the runner 
can carry the correct message to others. So if you're not preaching the gospel of Christ, you're not taking the correct message. Then he's going to tell you the vision. He doesn't use the coming one. How many can see what I guess? He said the vision is a future time. It describes the end. And it will be fulfilled. My message is the vision has been fulfilled. If it's God's vision, it has already been fulfilled. The vision is for a future time. This is what he said to, in Habakkuk, which was before Daniel. Habakkuk is before Daniel. So the vision is for a future time. It describes the end. It will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently, for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. Now look at the proud. They trust in themselves. Their lives are crooked, but the righteous will live by the faithfulness to God. All right? That's the just shall live by faith, otherwise. All right, now we're going to go all the way back to Genesis. I gave you the answer. We're going to go all the way back to Genesis 49 and 1. Let's go to work. Genesis chapter 49 and 1. I'm talking to you about the vision has been fulfilled. I'm going to take you from Genesis to Revelation. If it happens to take me this week and next week, I'm going to take you, showing you the vision has been fulfilled. If the vision has been fulfilled, how can you still be waiting for Jesus to come? He that said he will come, will come, will not tarry. The one who came was the vision. But yet people don't, it's not waiting for the vision. They want to see him come in the sky like Israel did. Christ, if he coming in the sky, you have not received him in your heart. You're an unbeliever. Let me show you a scripture before we go there. Let me show you something else before we go there. 2 Corinthians 13, 5. People who are waiting for Jesus to come have not received Christ of their salvation. And they go into church every Sunday and they think, they say, you never see Christ. Because if you were, you would not be looking for him. Yeah, the Lord coming. See, people like today, when you see stuff going on in the earth today, you know they say, well, this is the last days. You're letting you know, man, we're getting close. The Lord's coming. Is that right? You don't know nothing about Revelation. Revelation is filled with, whoa, 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 seven of them in a row. You don't want to be in Revelation. This is a play. This is a, you don't want to be in Revelation. Totally different. Examine yourself, Paul says, whether you be in the faith. Prove your own self. Know you're not your own self, how that Jesus Christ is in you. Well, I thought he was coming. Listen, if he's coming, he can't be in you. You can't believe two things. Either you believe he's in you or you believe he's coming. Now, if you believe he's coming, then you don't believe he's in you. Salvation in the new covenant, is not he's coming. Salvation is he's in you. Let me show it to you. Let's go to Romans 8, 8 through 11. 
See, this is a problem that people have. They still want to be super spiritual and they want to follow the world and everybody on Christian television who's preaching the, the Lord is coming. They're looking at the big multi-million dollar ministries who still say the Lord is coming. You better look at the word. Because if he's coming, you don't believe it's in you. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but you're in the spirit. Verse 9 says, you're not in the flesh, but you're in the spirit. If so, be that the spirit of God lives in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ in here, in you, you're not in his. And if Christ be in you, now the body is dead because of sin and the spirit now become your life because of righteousness. So what happened is people saying, oh yeah, so they go over here to Tom, Dick, and Harris church and they say, yeah, the Lord is coming, praise God. All you got to do is just watch. Keep your eyes open because the Lord is coming. My son texted me this morning. I said this on a nine o'clock service. He woke me up this morning at three o'clock because he works midnight, so he woke me up at three o'clock. Dad, I'm like, not three o'clock in the morning, Earl. <laughs> he said, but I used to go to that church when I was in Texas. I, I used to go to it, so he sent me a thing. He says, this is the pastor. Look what he's doing. And he showed me his phone, and he, this pastor had contacted his church and said, we're not having church today. We all going to meet in the parking lot between 10 and 11.30, and you get your vial of oil. The church is not taken care of by a vial of oil. Amen. As a matter of fact, you can put oil, enough oil on you to make a salad. <laughs> it's not going to be anointed. Because in the new covenant, the Holy Ghost is the anointing. Amen. We gave you that this morning. Just quickly, we're catching up. We're going to show you the Holy Ghost. That's 1 John chapter number 2. You This morning, you should have jumped out and said it. Yeah, 1 John 2, 27. And then we're going to go to Isaiah 10, 27. Now, if you got your Bible, you need to put them in your Bible. The Holy Ghost is the anointing. That's why we do not use oil here anymore. Oil is not the Holy Ghost. So that's why I don't get that oil. Put it on your forehead right there on Wednesday. Cuckoo. <laughs> that's not going to work, Brother Gene. Huh? It's not going to work. And people are still trying to use oil and put a little sand in it, make it look like it don't make, won't care what you do with it, it ain't going to work. Amen. Because the anointing which you have received of him lives in you. The name Christ is the anointed one. The name Christ himself is anointed. That's what the word Christ means, the anointed one. The anointing Christ which you have received of him lives in you. You need not that any man teach you but the same anointing. Christ in you teaches you all things. And Christ is truth. Christ is no lie. And even as he has taught you, you should abide in him. So it's Christ in you that teaches you. Amen. All right? He's the anointing. 
Let's look at Isaiah 10.27. Watch what the anointing did when he came in your life. So if you think this stuff that's coming up on the world is going to be shoo, shoo, shoo because you got some oil on your head, it's not going to work. When Israel was taken care in Egypt in chapter 12 of Exodus, the Lord said, when I see the blood, the lamb's blood, I would pass over you. In the New Testament, it's the anointing. And it shall come to pass in that day, talking about the day that they were at the end of the Old Testament or the end of that age. It shall come to pass that his burden, talking about the law, shall be taken away from off your shoulders. That wasn't us. We were not under law. So he told Israel, the burden will be taken away off your shoulders and his yoke off your neck and the yoke shall be destroyed. The law with all of his burdens will be destroyed because of one thing, the anointing. Somebody give him praise and glory. The Holy Ghost, the Christ in you is the anointing. One time I was getting ready to, 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 to pray for a person and God said, what are you doing? I said, I'm getting I'm anointing my hand because I'm going out there and pray for some people there, you know, and I got some oil out there, but I anoint my hand because I've done it all those years. And the Lord said to me, I'm the anointing. My very name and nature is the anointing. Amen. Let me show it to you. First Corinthians chapter two. Start with verse 19. I'm sorry, Second Corinthians 2, 19. Thank you, Lord. Second Corinthians chapter two, verse 19. I think that's what I want. Second Corinthians chapter one. I'm sorry, verse 19. 119. Mark these things in your Bible so you can help me out. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, even by me, Savannah and Timotheus, was not yea and nay, but in him was yea. Yes. And all the promises, don't forget what I'm saying, all the promises of God in Christ are yes, and in him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. Look at the next verse. Now he which establishes us with you in Christ and has a Come on, I need you to feed off that. You, he has what? Anointed. He has anointed us. So he not only establishes us, he anointed us. God has already anointed you. Amen. If I could just get just more than one. I know it's hard to... See, some of y'all got to wait till you feel that... Whoo, and when it happens, it's like... Whoo, you don't realize what you... Whoo, He's trying to remind you that you're anointed. Look at somebody say, I'm anointed. You don't have to pour all out a bottle to lay hands on anybody. As a matter of fact, you don't even have to touch them. You are, you anointed. When you anointed, the words that come out your mouth are anointed. You anointed. You can pray with me on the phone and, and I can get healed. Why? Because you anointed. Your words are anointed. Read one more verse. Now he who established us with you in Christ and hath passed tense, anointed us is God. 
who also has sealed us and has given us the earnest of the Spirit in our heart. He's already given you the Holy Spirit. You got to stop listening to folks telling you, you come here over here and get the Holy Ghost. God, the only one give you the Holy Ghost. He give you two when you believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of his son. All right, now let's get to work. Genesis 49.1. Got to go to work. Going to read one verse. I'm going to Numbers 24.14. After this. We got to move. Jacob called his sons, said, gather yourselves together that I may tell you what, is here, what shall befall you in the last days. The last days of the old covenant of that dispensation. This morning I gave you Matthew chapter 24 and we showed you in verse 37. Let's go look at this movie moving though. Thank you, Matthew 24, 37. So Jesus told them, as in the days of Noah. So he gave them to tell them when it's going to happen. It was going to be in the days of Noah. I'm waiting on that, Matthew 24, 37. But as in the days of Noah. Now here it is, Noah. Noah dispensation lasted from Genesis chapter number three and four when God created man all the way down to Genesis chapter number eight and nine when he gave him a new covenant. Did everybody understand that? Amen. But before the flood, it was Genesis chapter six. Six chapters. You got me? Woo hoo hoo. Do y'all got me? All right, so Genesis Chapter 6 is when God looked at man and said he saw their wickedness, he's going to destroy man. Chapter 7, build an ark. You understand that? Chapter 8, he found grace. Chapter 9, another covenant. Okay. So you have to understand that. But as the days of Noah were, the days of Noah ended with a flood. That's why God judged the people during the days of Noah. They drowned in the flood. And the new covenant is not water flood. It was tribulation and persecution and trial. That was they, how they were destroyed by the enemy and the sword. Whatever the days of Noah were, past tense, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. He said, as the days of Noah were. But when did he come? He had to come before the flood. As in the day that were before the flood. They were eating and drinking and marrying and giving and marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. When Noah entered into the ark, it's over. And they knew not until the flood came and took them all the way. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be the exact same way. So how could it be in your day? He likened that to Noah before the flood. The Noah had never entered into grace. He found grace, but he absolutely got off the ark without dying. Now he experienced the grace of God. There was no more law. There was no more death. There was no more enemy, no more nothing. But he and his wife and his three sons, their wife, and they had the whole earth, which was the promised land. So you got to understand that. All right? That's how it was with Noah. He lacking that to his coming. So he's not coming. He did not come in the dispensation of grace. He came before the flood. 
The tribulation time. So let me go back and show you. They go back to Genesis 4, 9, 1 again. And then we're going to go to Numbers chapter number 24, 14. So we showed you the vision is Christ. And Jacob called to his sons and said, gather yourself together. I'm going to tell you what shall befall you in the last times or in the last days. All right, let's look at 1 John 2, 18. We'll come back to Numbers. 1 John 2, 18. Remember, I'm only doing Genesis 49 and 1, and I'm going to go now to 1 John 2, 18, and then I'm going to come back to number 24, 14. Little children, it is the last time. John told you that 2,000 years ago. Here are people still talking about, well, you know, it's the last time Antichrist is going to... Listen to what he said. You have heard that Antichrist shall come. Even now, 2,000 years ago, are there many Antichrists whereby you know? You know it's the last time. And yet people 2,000 years ago have somebody to tell you these are the last days and you just oops, oops, oops. Praise the Lord. You're in the dispensation of grace. You are denying your Lord who's living right in your house. Number 24, 14 through 19. We're on the road. Number 24, 14. And now behold, I go to my people. This is the prophecy of Balaam. Come therefore and I will advise you what this people, talking about Israel, shall do to thy people in the latter day. This was the end of the old covenant. Had nothing to do with you. And he took up the parable and he said, Balaam, the son of Beor, has said, the man whose eyes are open has said, otherwise he has the revelation. God opened his eyes. He he's, has says, which heard the word of God. See, God speaks to him. That's how I get to my message. How I got this subject, the spirit of the Lord said to me, the vision has been fulfilled. I took my phone. I put in my phone, all capital letters. He said, I want an all capital letter. The vision has been fulfilled. Two weeks ago. Never had nothing. Then God said, now let's go and write. Let's go and show it to you. He has said, which heard the word of God. He heard the words of God. So when you have vision, you hear God speak to you the word of God for the people. That's what he mean by vision. He knew the knowledge of the most high. Which say the vision of the Almighty, he saw, he saw the vision of the Almighty, falling into a trance, but having his eyes open. Eyes wide open, but he can see the vision. This is what God says. I shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him, but not now. There shall come a star, S-T-A-R. That's why you saw when Jesus came, they saw the star. That's who Jesus is. He's the star, not the one up in there. The star of Jacob. The scepter, that means he's going to be a king. Scepter means he's going to be a king. He's going to rise out of Israel and going to smite the corners of Moab and destroy all the children of Seth. And Edom shall be a possession, sealed also a possession for his enemies. Israel will do valiantly. All right, that's all I wanted. Might have been more. Don't worry about it. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 4. 
verse 30 and 31. From here, we go to Isaiah 2, 1 through 4. Deuteronomy 4, 30 and 31. From here, we go to Isaiah chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. I'm showing you the vision from Genesis to Revelation. You have to understand. God has to give you the wisdom. When thou art in tribulation. Now, how do I know when that is? Acts chapter 8. When they stoned Stephen, they were in tribulation. When you're in tribulation, all these things are come up on you. Why did them things come upon them? Because they were under the law. And God told them in the law, if they don't keep the law, all these things going to come up on you. If you keep the law, all these blessings going to come upon you. If you do not keep the law, all these curses are going to come upon you. That's why the thing that's coming upon this world is not to scare the church. The church finest hour. The church should be praise God for our Lord keepeth us. It's the people who not saved who better be worried. I take precaution in this church because I have to as a pastor. But there's no fear in his house. My, my thing is this. God takes care of his children. God takes care of his people. Not because you're in the old covenant. It's because who in that house. Who in that house. So when the Lord, when the Holy Ghost, when angels see who in that house, they can't mess with that house. It was God's son who said, know ye not that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost and God is in you? Don't you think the angels heard that? Don't you think they heard that when the word said, touch not mine or my anointing and do my prophets no harm? Don't you realize they heard that? The Psalms say nothing shall come near your dwelling. So you got to understand something. Angels already know who to protect, but they don't know unless they see the blood. They have to see who the sons, who have the spirit. And you don't have to worry about it. They know they Lord. So when they come near your house, they, that's why angels, that's why a lot of times you be like, man, I feel all, them be angels. A lot of times they be walking all around, you be like, ooh, I, I, somebody was in my house. Like, yeah, they walk, they watching you to keep out. They got to watch you. You are a child of the living God. They have to watch you. But once they come near you, they know that's the house. I won't say nothing about that. When thou art in tribulation and all these things come upon you, even in the latter days, that was to Israel, that's why Jesus told them what would happen in the latter days. That's why they didn't have but 70 years once Christ came. And, and even if you, as smart as you are, can Google, when was Jerusalem destroyed, he would tell you A.D. 70. Because the Romans know because they were the Catholics. And their history go all the way back to Peter, they say. But that's why they got in their history. It's on your phone. Israel was destroyed AD 70, the temple. And if you look at it, it was exact what God told them. Jesus Christ was born in BC 3, died in AD 30, and 40 years after that, 
would be A.D. 70. That's why he said this generation shall not pass away until all these things shall be fulfilled. And I know you know a generation is 40 years. It's not hard. It's all laid out for us. Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 31. When thou art in tribulation, watch what it says, verse 30. All these things are going to come upon you even in the latter days. If you turn to the Lord your God and shall be obedient to his voice, watch what he's going to do. The Lord your God will have mercy. He is a merciful God. He will not forsake you. He won't destroy you. He won't forget the covenant of, of your father, which he swear to them. If you turn, if you turn away from your wickedness. That's what he told Israel. I read to you last week the book Ezekiel. And I read to you two chapters, chapter 8, chapter 9. Israel was in captivity. Ezekiel was a prophet in captivity. That's why you have Ezekiel. That's why you have the prophets after Ezekiel like, uh, let me read them. I don't want to just say them. These prophets was in captivity, Daniel, Ezekiel. And when you get close to uh, Malachi, these kind of guys, Malachi was after they came out. So you had, you had Habakkuk before they went in because Habakkuk was 626. So these prophets I'm getting ready to show you now, like Haggai, Haggai was after they came out. That's why he told them they had not built a temple. How can you live in your houses and you ain't built God's house? Remember the first man came out to build God's house was Ezra. So in your Bible, in the book of Ezra, you should put the top temple. And then you got Nehemiah. He built the wall. Now these guys were in captivity with Daniel. But when they came out, they came out to build the temple, Ezra, the book of Ezra. When, when Nehemiah came out, he came out to build the wall. And then Esther brought the people. So that's why you have those three books. But they were all in captivity. Haggai came on them and says, you live in your concealed house and you have not built my house. So that means you got holes in your pocket. And that's how I got. All right. Now, and when you get to Zechariah, Zechariah also was A.D. 520, B.C. 520. He was a prophet that was with them when they came out. See, all these prophets after that was the one came out. And then you had Malachi. Malachi was the last prophet that came out. That's why from Malachi to Matthew is 400 years. Let me say it again. From Malachi to Matthew is 400 years. So when John the Baptist was in the wilderness, the Bible said, and the word of God came unto him saying, because they hadn't heard from God in 400 years. John the Baptist was the last one who would speak to Israel before Christ come. And that's why in Malachi, it said, I send my messenger. Malachi was the messenger, but he had to come and announce the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. All right. Now, let's go to Isaiah chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. There it is on the screen. The word, of, the word that Isaiah, the son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. Remember, these two, Judah and Jerusalem, because these are the two that God created first. If I could just get that and dump it in your spirit, I'd do that. But I'm going to try, okay? In the beginning, God created Judah and Jerusalem. 
Let me move on. Jerusalem represented the, the temple of God, and then Judah represented the people of God. And it came to pass in the last days. Isaiah now tells them. See, that's why they're going in captivity. Because God told them through Genesis, he had told them all the way down through the prophet, and yet they would not hear. It came to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house, the word mountain means kingdom, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains, and shall be exalted above the hills in all nations. Shall flow into it. Many people shall go and say, Come ye, let us go into the mountain of the Lord, kingdom of the Lord, into the house of the God of Jacob. And there he will teach us his ways. That's why they went into the temple and Jesus came and he taught them his ways. Many people shall go. I'm waiting on it. And we will walk in his path for out of Zion. Out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. And that's why when Jesus came, he went to the temple and he spake. And he shall judge among the nations, shall rebuke, rebuke many people, and they shall beat their swords in the plowshares, and their spears in the pruning hook. Nations shall not lift up a sword against nations, neither shall they teach a long war anymore. Most people take that and go right in there and tell you this is what's going to happen after the Lord comes. We ain't going to study war no more. <laughs> Just nothing but religion. Don't know what they're talking about. All right. Now, we're going to go to Jeremiah chapter 23 and verse 16. All of these came down from prophet to prophet. Jeremiah was a prophet after Isaiah. Jeremiah 23, 16. From the book of Jeremiah, from here we will actually go to Daniel. Jeremiah, I could go to Isaiah, I mean Ezekiel, but I read that last week. I may give you a touch of Ezekiel anyway, get you fired up. Jeremiah 23, 16. Now, he had just told them that Jerusalem would be destroyed in chapter 21. And Jeremiah 23, 16. This is how he spoke for people to know whether God told you or not. It's a dangerous thing to fall into the hands of the living God. It's a dangerous thing for me here to say, the Lord told me. Because if I'm lying on God, I'm going to give him count. No, none of y'all can help me. God deal with false prophets individually. The greatest thing, I'm trying to tell you, this is one of the greatest things that I learned in ministry. This is why it took me so long to say yes to the Lord because I told my wife, I got to know that I know that I know that this man telling me what to do because see, if he tell me to say it, I'm going to say it. He know me, but I'm not, I'm not going to do it until you tell me. And I'm like Jeremiah. I said I wasn't going to say nothing. But his word was like fire. Shut up in my bones. That's how it is when God gives you something. When God gives you something, it's like fire. First of all, it also does a work in you. And then when people hear it, it'll do a work in people. If it don't help you, it's not going to help nobody else. Verse 16 says, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, this is what Jeremiah telling the people, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, hearken not to the words of the prophet, of false prophets, they make you vain. It's the false prophets 
that brings confusion in the earth. Amen. They make you vain. They speak a vision of their own heart and not out of the mouth of the Lord. They say still to them that despise me, the Lord has said you should have peace. Now they despise me, but you tell them they're going to have peace. They're going to have no peace. <laughs> and they said to everyone that walketh after the imagination of his heart, no evil going to come upon you. Here you walking in total rebellion against God, and I tell you, ain't nothing going to happen to you. I'm lying to you. About to set your house in order. And then in verse number 18, he said, Now who has stood in the counsel of the Lord and has perceived and heard his word? Who has marked his word and heard it? Behold, a whirlwind. Jeremiah let him know. That's, that's, that's how he got it. He had to stand in the counsel of the Lord to get it. He had to stand in the counsel of the Lord. Otherwise, he had to meet the I am himself to get his word. And then Jeremiah is going to say to him in verse number 19, this is what's going to happen. A whirlwind of the Lord has gone forth in fury. Even a grievous whirlwind, and it shall fall grievously upon the head of the wicked. The angel of the Lord, the anger, I'm sorry, the anger of the Lord shall not return until he has executed, until he has performed the thoughts of his heart. And he says, in the latter days, you shall consider it Perfectly, talking to Israel. <coughs> Excuse me. I have not sent these prophets, he says. Yet they ran. I have not spoken to them. Yet they prophesied. But if they had stood in my counsel, and had, if they stood in my counsel now, and had caused my people to hear my words, then they should have turned them from their evil way and from the evil they're doing. Otherwise, if you really heard from God, why the people ain't changing? You can go to a place where the man of God, he's a preacher, but he's not hearing from God, people never going to change. See, it's like this. When my mother said to me, your daddy said, for y'all to make sure you get all the firewood cut and get in the house before dark tonight, if not, he will require it. <laughs> I know she heard from Charles Amos Crump. Amen? Amen? I wasn't taking that chance. But if I didn't believe she heard from God, I would have said, okay, mother, and I went on playing my game. I went on shooting my threes. I shoot my marble and my jacks. Yeah. I went on doing my thing until I seen him walking down the road. And then I said, you know what? Maybe she's right. But it's too late now. See, that's how it is with God. When God tells you something, if it's really God, people change because if they don't, God will deal with them personally. Don't have to worry about God. That's why I don't fuss. I'm not, I don't fuss. I'm not, I'm not I don't think I'd be fussing. Let's move on. All right, now I got to go. Let's go to Daniel now, chapter 2. I'm going to give you the Nebuchadnezzar dream and the interpretation. That's all I need. Let's go back to Daniel chapter 2, verse 1. Daniel is getting ready to give you Nebuchadnezzar's dream 
and the interpretation. This shows you that Daniel was who he is. See, the thing about it is, I want to show you in the Word of God something I learned that God showed me. He showed me about Daniel, first of all. He showed me about Joseph. He said, son, you never have to go and, and, and you know, try to make yourself somebody. If you got the revelation of the Word, when people really need to know the answer, they, they find you. Amen. You got to worry. Amen. Daniel chapter number 2, verse 1. The dream of Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar. Fourteen letters with the word king make 18 letters will show you what they mean in Revelation, the mark of the beast. The beast is the king. And his mark was 666. All right? So don't go out here and think you found something. It, I just told you it's free. Amen. <laughs> He told you to count the number of the beast. You ever know the, know the beast? How many letters in his name? King Nebuchadnezzar, 18 letters. All right, now I know how to prove it. I, I proved it. The Holy Ghost showed me. In the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar dreamed dreams. Now the same thing he dreamed was the same thing that God gave Jacob and all the way down Jeremiah, Isaiah, all the prophets. Now it come to Daniel. Ezekiel had it. Let me show you Ezekiel chapter 9 just a little bit there before I get, get further. Let me back up to Ezekiel 9 because we're going to see this in fulfilled in Ezekiel chapter 9 and we'll look at verse number 4. Start verse 1. Let's do 1 through, one through, seven, one through 6. 1 through 6, Ezekiel, 1 through 6. He cried also in mine ear. This is Ezekiel. And remember, Ezekiel also was in captivity with Daniel. So all these prophets that you're seeing was in captivity with Daniel. Amen. You see people who came out like Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther. They was all in captivity with Daniel. They couldn't get out until the Medes and the Persians come because Nebuchadnezzar wouldn't let them go nowhere. So that's why they was praying. And then God came in and took Nebuchadnezzar out of there. But he did a work in Nebuchadnezzar's life. He had to bring Nebuchadnezzar to his knees until he realized that the most high God ruleth in the kingdom of men and he gives it to whomsoever he will. And Nebuchadnezzar said this, whoever has pride, he is able to abase. Nebuchadnezzar had so much pride, he had people worshiping him as God. And if they didn't worship him, he put them in the furnace. But when he did, God stepped in the furnace. And Nebuchadnezzar stood there and says, didn't I tell you to throw him in the furnace? I'm looking in the furnace now, and I'm still seeing these guys with their clothes on, nobody being burned. Did y'all turn the furnace up? King, that furnace is hot. The man who threw him in there got burned up, got his hand burned off. He got right to the thing and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you come out of there. He said, I threw three men up in there. I'm seeing four, four men up in there. And that man looks like, that looks like that son of God. 
Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out of there. They came out and said, you want us, King? Can't you imagine, Minister Ball, that you're walking out of a fiery furnace, that the people who put you in there are getting ready to get thrown in there, and they're going to be burned up, just like when they put Daniel and Lound in. They asked Daniel, is your God able to deliver you? Daniel, Daniel, you still down there? Is your God able to deliver you, Daniel? Oh, king, live forever. Daniel, you come up out of there now, you hear? Daniel came up out there and said, oh, king, the God who I serve, he's able to, somebody got to give it. Man, this stuff is so good. He's able to deliver you. But you got to understand, you got to live for him. That's called serving him. Got to worship him and praise him, but live for him. I'm telling you right now, brother, there's great rewards. I'm talking about things that God do, just favor for those that live for God. Watch this. Now, in Daniel chapter 2, Ezekiel, I'm going to show you Ezekiel, wasn't it? Nine and one. He cried also on my ears, Ezekiel said, with a loud voice saying, Cause them, to, cause them that have the charge. Now remember, the charge over this city to draw near even every man with his destroying weapon in his hand. Now, these guys were angels. Six, six angels had the charge of Israel. They were, if you know how Israel, Israel is a long, skinny you know, sit on, has water on each side, across the back, across each side. These angels was one on this side, one in the middle, one on this end, same way on that side, six angels. They watched over Israel, night and day. So when God says, I want you to do something, he commanded these six angels. And verse two says, behold, six men came the way from the high gate, which lies toward the north, every man a slaughter weapon in his hand. One man among them was clothed with linen, with a right of ink horn by his side. They went in, they stood beside the brazen altar. And the glory of God of Israel was gone up from the cherub, whereupon he was, and the threshing floor of the house, and he called the man clothed with linen, which had a right of ink horn in his hand, by his side, I'm sorry. And the Lord said to him, go in the midst of the city, through the midst of Jerusalem, we will see this when we get to Revelation chapter 7. Go in the midst of Jerusalem, set a mark upon the foreheads of the men that sigh, that cry for, cry for all the abominations that are done here. So you got people who are, who are praying to me because of all the wickedness of Israel, and you got these people who won't change. So I want you to set a mark upon all the people who wants God and people who are going to live right. And in verse number five, and the other he said in my ears, go you in after him, go through the city, and you smite, let not your eyes spare, neither have pity. Slay utter the old, the young, the maid, the little children. Slay them all, the women. But come not near, come not near any man that whom is in my, that that is, is the mark. Come not near any man upon whom is the mark. Because I want to mark all mine. And begin in my sanctuary. 
Then they began at the ancient men of the, that were before the house. All right. Now, that's what happened in Revelation. All the people, let me just give you that while I got you here. Revelation chapter 7. So when you read Revelation chapter 7, <clears throat> you will see the very same thing that happened. Revelation is the fulfillment of Ezekiel chapter 8 and 9. So Revelation chapter number 7. This was nobody but Israel. Revelation 7, after these things I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth. Remember they were, remember the corners? They had two in the middle, but the ones in the middle had went and had another assignment. So you had four still left on the corners of the earth. Earth is the promised land. They were holding the four winds of the earth. Remember winds were the tribulation, mm -hmm. the persecution, the afflictions, the trials. It's four names that go with that. They were holding up from the earth, from, from the children of Israel, that the wind should not blow on the earth. Talking about the people. Would not destroy the people, nor the sea, nor any tree, which was the names of Israel. And I saw another angel sitting from the east having a seal of the living God. He cried with a loud voice to the four, four angels to whom he was given the earth, earth. I read to you that in Ezekiel. And the sea, it, they were given charge. Now you had this other angel say, hurt not the earth, stop. Don't hurt, the, don't mess with the sea, don't mess with the earth till we have sealed the servants of our God, our God their foreheads. Can y'all see Ezekiel chapter number Nine goes with Revelation 7. Right, it was, it's already been done. And I heard the number of them that were sealed, that was also sealed, 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel. So you have to know, it's not talking about you. Because I already showed you how you were sealed. Anybody remember I gave you that verse already? How was you sealed? Yeah, but what verse it told you? Ephesians 1, 13 and 14 is one of them, isn't it? And I just gave you the one in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 19 and 20, 21. It says, in whom also you trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after you believed, you were what? Sealed. You How were you sealed? You were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. You weren't sealed with no, nothing in your forehead. Right. And they're right. right. That's why you had... That's why you had Revelation chapter 13. Let's go to Revelation 13. I know I'm, my time is already gone, so I can't, do, I can't mess up no worse than I already messed up. <laughs> Revelation 13, 11. That's why you had the man who at that time was the beast, the Antichrist. Remember the word beast were kings. All right. I heard another beast king coming out of the earth, out of Israel, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. Now you got to go back to Daniel to find this out because you deal, you have to deal with horn. Horn had to do with power. That's why they had two horns that came out of one. Two horns came out of one. That's why you had the Medes and the Persians who gathered together with two horns and got see all that stuff means. And he exercised all the beast, all the power of the first beast. You have to know the first beast was Nebuchadnezzar. I just read it to you. 
Daniel chapter 2, I'm not, I'm in the midst of, but you get a chance to read the first beast of Nebuchadnezzar, then with the Medes and the Persians, and then that was the Grecians, and then that was Romans. See, you, got, you had that in, in, in ninth grade, high school, 10th grade. And he exercised all the power of the first beast, Nebuchadnezzar, before him, and he caused the earth and them that dwell on the earth to worship the first beast. Worship, don't worship me, worship the first beast. That's Nebuchadnezzar. That's why his name has 18 letters. Worship the first beast, the first king, who had daily wounds and was healed. And he doeth great wonders, the first beast, so that he maketh fire come down from heaven, although he was wounded. In the earth, in the sight of men. He deceived them that dwell on the earth. He's talking about in, the, in, in Israel. By the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell upon the earth. See, he had, everybody had to worship him. He was Nebuchadnezzar. That they should make an image of the beast. Nebuchadnezzar. Now you know they only made the image of one man, Nebuchadnezzar. We showed you that with Daniel. Daniel then wouldn't bow. Hebrew boy wouldn't bow. They made an image. And told them they had to bow down before the beast. They wouldn't bow down. They put them in the, in the fiery furnace. Then y'all, you can Google it. Anytime you want to get home, Daniel, and they will give it to you, the whole movie, free. Lord. They made an image of the beast which had the world by, the wound by a sword and did live. See, he was wounded, but he lived. Because he lived, people going to tell you they wanted out the beast. Man, he got wounded to death, but he still lived. The devil was in him now, see? And he had power to give life to the image of the beast. See, the beast came back. See, they made an image of the beast. Now the beast could speak. Called that many that he would not wish the beast, the image of the beast, they would be killed. But he didn't realize the devil, the devil was in Nebuchadnezzar now. Big time. He caused all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond to receive a mark in their right hand and their forehand. That's why people don't go to Disney World and all these sport events because they have to put their, they tell me, say, no, hold your right hand. I, no, no, put it in the left hand. <laughs> da, 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 da. You scared self. Come on. And that no man might buy or sell save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of the beast. He has, has wisdom. He who has wisdom. Count the number. That's why I am here with him. Let him count the number. Understand and count the number of the beast. It's the number of a man. Nebuchadnezzar. His number is 603 score and 6. 666. Nebuchadnezzar. The first beast. Come on. My time is already gone. Would you believe it? I thank you for yours. My God, I want you to read Daniel chapter 2 because I want you to see the image. I want you to know the interpretation because if Daniel, who's going to tell him the interpretation of the dream. Remember, Nebuchadnezzar had that dream. God gave it to him, the same thing he gave everybody else I read to you in Genesis. I read to you in Jeremiah, Isaiah, all this, Ezekiel, all of them had the same dream. But now he forgot the dream. So he's going to kill all the wise men. Everybody, even Daniel. So Daniel's going to go in to the Lord and say, Lord, I need to know the dream and the interpretation. You got to understand, I got to know what that man dreamed and I got to know the interpretation of his dream. Amen. And the Holy Ghost says, 
This is what I showed him. And he gave him the dream and the interpretation of the dream. He came back and he gave God the glory because God had given him the dream and interpretation of the dream. And that's how you know who you are. When God would take the word of God and reveal that word to you, you got to know you're special in the eyes of the Lord. Somebody give God praise. Come on, my time is up. Let's give the Lord a great big hand clap. He got us through this day. Come on, the Lord got us through this day. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.